Welcome back to Needed Conversations. For this episode, I had the chance to go back and talk to John Bishop. If you haven't heard from him, he was in my first video called uh, How to Become Teachable. But for this video, I wanted to touch more into his uh, life, into his testimony. And he explained, he explains how at some point uh, he declared himself as atheist and then uh, later on, God just changed his mind, and now he's a very strong believer. So I believe that if you're going through something like this where you don't know if you want or not, or not to believe in God, uh, this video is going to be very helpful. And uh, even if you don't agree with all the uh, ideas and things that we're talking about, I would love to hear or read about it. So please don't forget to leave the comment. If you love what you see, don't forget to subscribe. So you can see more content like this and turn on the bell notification icon so you can so you'll know whenever we drop a different a new episode. Um let's go for it. It's gonna be awesome. Welcome back to this section called Needed Conversations. We got John Bishop with us again. We're very excited for that. Uh, is there anything you want to say to everyone that's coming back to this channel and seeing you again? Maybe uh, no. I, I would just reference that if you see those kids climbing over the fence in the background, those are my kids, and uh, they're leaving. We just shoot, we just shoot them away. Okay. <laughs> and for this conversation, uh, I wanted to talk to you about. I feel like it's a very important thing to people that are debating in their minds if they want or not to believe in God and what he can do and who he is. And I remember when we first met, uh, we, we kind of talked about our backgrounds and stuff. And you told me how at some point you didn't believe in, in God. You didn't believe that he was real or like, or like even that God was a thing, you know, like you just yeah. weren't into it, but there was something that made you change your mind and, and, you know, like something changed and now you're, part of the family you know and now you're you're a believer and you've led so many people into god's arms and i feel like people need to know and need to hear why that happened because it might change someone's life you know and so i want to start just with one with this one question and then we i mean we can take off from there because i know there's gonna be a lot that you, you might want to share but I feel like one of the big questions that we see and people that don't believe in God keep asking is if God is real, why does he allow so much evil in the world? You know, and is there, what do you have to say to that? Is that, it was that one of the questions that you had or? Yeah, I think that was, that was definitely one of the questions that I had. And so one, it's a question that I think a lot of people have asked me over the years. And unfortunately just to get the disappointment out there, <laughs> I don't know that there's a real satisfactory answer to that. You know, I think you can go through some philosophical positions and you can uh, use apologetics to try to convince somebody. Apologetics is like the uh, uh, kind of a way of formu formulating an argument based on common sense or uh, observable truths uh, to try to make a case for something. So you can use something like that, apologetics, to make a case for here's why I think evil exists or pain exists 
but at the end of the day, uh, in my personal experience, pain is often uh, more real than faith. Yeah. And if you're, if you're struggling in a relationship that seems to be dissolving, it's hard to trust uh, either in that person's future character or that there's a God who's guiding you through that. If you're suffering through the, the current effects of a relationship that's dissolving, that feels real. That feels very real. Yeah. And it's hard to like look past that and say, Oh yeah, but, and so as a pastor, I think one of the worst things that I could have done uh, in talking to somebody who is struggling through uh, the loss of somebody that they loved or a relationship that was dissolving toward divorce or something like that would be to try to too quickly and too early uh, discuss the goodness of God and lead somebody towards trusting that God was with them and in it with them. And ultimately that all things would work together for good because when you're in the pain, the pain feels very real. And by contrast, God does love us. That's an objective reality that I believe now, but sometimes God's love cloaks itself in the mystery of silence Mm -hmm. or sometimes God's love uh, comes through a person that you would kind of prefer to label as an enemy because they're, they're pushing you in a direction that you don't want to go and it's the right direction. And you'll be able to see that in three years when you look back, but in the moment, God's love is being expressed through an imperfect and broken person. And so it's not a fair, it's not a fair conversation to talk about how um, God is real and he allows pain and suffering because uh, those two things aren't experienced on the same level. And um, faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you don't see. Whereas reality oftentimes is, uh, oftentimes experienced in real time through pain and suffering and through uh, the, the actions of somebody who doesn't necessarily have your best interest at heart. And that feels very, very real and very, very visible. <laughs> right. And, and so there, those two conversations, it's not like a, it's not an easy question to solve. Does that make sense? It does. It does make sense. And now that we're talking about God loving us, I feel like another big question that many people have is why if God is a God of love, he allows for good people to go through really bad situations, uh, even like going through like, you know, like things like cancer and stuff like that. And then they might pray for it, but they don't see nothing happening. But then you have the other side where these really bad people that are like very mean to people, they just, their intentions are wrong all the time and they, they're intentional about it. And they, they don't have any issues like that. And, you know, like, I feel like that's a big question that I, I personally heard from other people, other friends, where they're like, if a guy yeah. is really a God of love, then why does he allow something like that to happen to a good person? And then to a bad person, he, like, you don't see anything, you know, like any consequences, you know? A hundred percent. And so I don't know who specifically you're thinking of when you say, I've talked to people, but my guess is if, if they're less than 30, um, then it's a different, it's a different, it's a different example or a different experience than if they're closer to 40 or I imagine older, I'm not, I'm 41, almost 42. So my perspective on life now is different than it was, but I, I'm still lacking 
you know, the wisdom and perspective that somebody who's uh, lived twice the life that I've lived would have. And the reason I say it like that is because I don't, I don't think breaking the world down into black and white categories like good people who have bad experiences and bad people who have good experiences is really a helpful way of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I think you have to think more in a timeline. Right. I've said it like this before from when I'm having conversations with people who are struggling or trying to develop them from a leadership perspective to lead others well, that we often experience people in snapshots. And so, you know, if you think about the power of Instagram, for example, mm-hmm. is the ability to get a simple message out there in a way that's captivating. Mm-hmm. But the great, um, danger of Instagram is that it tells you a snapshot and anybody can look good for a, for a selfie. If you, if you get the light right and look in the right direction and get the angles right and you know, all of that. And so it's like trying to, trying to wrestle with the question of how come bad things happen to good people from a selfie perspective is very, very, very dangerous because people are never snapshots. People are always as an analogy that will break down as well, but a better analogy in my opinion is people are more like films. And if you think about somebody's life unfolding over the course of a two and a half hour film, you're getting close to an analogy that's helpful. And so if you're, if you're hurting and frustrated and you come storming into the, into the room and say something like, how come God allows good things to happen to bad people and bad things to happen to good people, but you're thinking like a snapshot, then you really have no, no option but to be frustrated. But if instead you realize that you might be like somebody barging into a living room where a, a movie is 30 minutes down the plot line and you're blurting out something like this movie is dumb or this movie is scary or this movie is the worst movie ever or something like that. Well, it's like it might be, but you're looking at a 30-second assessment of a three-hour film. Right. And if you really want to make a, some kind of conclusion about the film itself, you have to endure the whole three hours. You got to sit through it. And so that's where I'm saying, if you, if you just wait, um, the bad thing that's happening to the good person might actually be the hand of God pushing them in the direction of their calling. And he right. can work all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And if you just look back 10 years from now, you might see that what you're labeling as a bad thing turns out to be pushing them in the direction of a calling and that purpose will be made plain uh, and vice versa. The good things, what are you labeling as a good thing? The wealth, yeah. Yeah, because right. wealth as a, according to Proverbs says, uh, don't envy the food on the King's table. It's poisonous, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and the rich man loses sleep at night. And so there's nothing wrong with wealth intrinsically, but the burden of wealth isn't necessarily as good as we like to label it when we see it you know, being flaunted by others in an Instagram culture. So I'm just saying like, I I think if you spread it out and look at it more from a timeline standpoint, you might find more grace for people uh, who, who seem to be bad because we don't have their story. We don't have the conclusion yet. And you might find more compassion for people who seem to be struggling. And I think God who is above time and sees our story in its entirety he knows how to massage the plot line at minute 20 to ensure that we get to the right conclusion two and a half hours later. Mm -hmm. And he he knows how to do that. And so if he needs to add a really high tension moment in order to get to that climax point of the story that's unfolding, he can do that. And he can do that as an, as a 
very compassionate and good, good producer because he ultimately knows what that tension is going to build as the story wraps up to its conclusion. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It makes sense. <laughs> it actually reminds me of when I was younger, I had this uh, very toxic relationship and I remember I did the very dangerous prayer, you know, like, God, if this is not your will, just do something, break it up, just make a stop. And I mean, he took my word, you know, he made a stop and it hurt. But I remember in the moment, it, it just felt like hell. It was terrible. I just, that year was terrible for me. I just didn't see anything good coming from it. And, uh, but then now that I look back at, at it, how you just said, like, I really, I'm very thankful that that happened, you know, because not, didn't just like, it didn't just like help my character grow, but also pushed me more towards my calling and taught me a lot of things. And at a very young age that, now people are like, oh, you're just 21, then what can you know? I'm like, I learned a lot from that uh, that situation. And that's why people keep looking at me or hearing um, how I speak and things I do. They're like, you don't even look your age or act your age. You look older, you act older. I'm like, well, I just had the privilege of being taught at a very young age. you know. And that's the perspective I grabbed from it, that it was more of a teaching season instead of a bad season. And if you are able to develop that, to be able to see things as a teaching, as a, you know, as a lesson, it will be easier for you to go through things and actually learn, you know, no matter the situation. And going back to, to what we first spoke about, uh, I, I want to hear about, about your story. I know I've heard it before, but I know people want to hear how so was that you didn't believe in God and now you're teaching others about him, you know, like how, how did that happen? Yeah. So that's, I mean, honestly, it ties the two big questions that you just asked together because um, how can bad things happen to good people? How can good things happen to bad people is a philosophical tension where you're looking out into the world and you're frustrated. And then how can a good God allow suffering is kind of a philosophical question that you ask about God's character and they come together in my story and they honestly come together in the story you just told about uh, a bad, bad relationship that uh, taught you some things because that's the what, so what do I do about it? Right? So every single person on this planet is going to experience all of the tensions that we're discussing. Right. But, but I think faith in God and trust in the storyline that he's unfolding allows you to process through uh, those experiences God's grace, God's spirit is what we ultimately believe today, allows us to process through those experiences from that learning perspective or from uh, a purpose perspective where we see that God has uh, a higher purpose in it all. Um, but they're connected. So my story in a nutshell is our family kind of descended into chaos when my sister passed away. Uh, she, was a, she was my half-sister. Uh, from my mom's, from one of my mom's marriages before she met my dad. And uh, she was 18 and died in a car accident. It was three days before my eighth birthday. So that was a very tragic experience. And if you look at statistics of the number of families that really weather a storm like that well, it's dismal. You know, it's maybe 28% of families actually, uh, marriages actually stay together in a situation like that. So, uh, as would be statistically likely, 
three years later, my family, my mom and dad were um, separated and eventually divorced. And so by 11, I had lost my sister. Uh, all of my siblings and my parents were kind of struggling through their own version of how to deal with that. And then my parents were separated and it just was, it was total chaos. And so I don't know, we were Catholics growing up. And so I had exposure to like a big picture idea of Christianity, but in the midst of all of that, there wasn't much faith. There wasn't much religion. There wasn't much discussion about God. And certainly we weren't experiencing uh, the reality of his grace through all of that, not in a way that we could interpret it that way. And uh, there was a small church that my mom and dad started to go through, go to it at one point in the middle of all of that to try to kind of a last ditch effort maybe. And they were pretty legalistic and religious. And so it didn't give us space to really grieve and deal with our big questions. And so at 15, four years later, I'm like, what God is dumb. Like, you know, like what he didn't, he doesn't work. He's not real. And so I declared atheism, but really what I was declaring is there's too much evil. There's too much badness. There's too much hurt. There's too much pain. How could God who's supposedly good and kind and gracious and uh, able to really do something about hurt and pain? How could he be real based on the last five years of my life? You know, he can't be. So it was a statement of, of, reality based on my experience of reality, which at that time was just a lot of pain. And so what happened is it took somebody, my wife specifically, who I went to high school with, who had faith that was genuine to eventually break through some of my hardened resistance to the reality of God. And when I saw an example of somebody who had experienced her own version of pain but I'd still choosing to trust God, I couldn't make sense of it. Because for me, it was just logical. It was like, God is supposed to be good. My life has been crap. God must not exist. For her, uh, God is good. I know him. My life has had some hard p- parts, but I still choose to trust him. And it was like, <laughs> I couldn't yeah. quite compute. And so it forced me to wrestle with the questions that we're talking about in this video, right? It forced me to ask some hard questions. And along the way, I met a lot of other people. I met Tim Zender, who was a biology professor uh, who had had his doctorate and was doing with his life what I hoped to do with my own and teach college and, and had done through all this education and learning, but he had retained his faith through it all. And so I could come to him with the hardest questions that I was wrestling with and sit down. And it wasn't as much his answers, though his answers were really helpful. Uh, it was the fact that he had wrestled with the same tensions that I'd wrestled with and concluded that God must be real. And so it forced me to, to really uh, put weight behind what I was trying to believe in pushing God away and I could never do it. And so uh, there was one point where I read a book by CS Lewis called uh, surprised by joy. And he had a similar kind of journey, intellectual journey, philosophical journey as I had trying to come to faith in God. And um, he made it as simple as he was riding a bus and he felt like almost somebody pinched his lower back. It was like this, <laughs> this presence of God in some way that almost felt physical. Yeah. And that pinch represented a decision. He felt like God was inviting him. You're just going to have to choose. You're going to have to choose when you get off the bus, as simply as you could turn left or right, you need to choose whether 
whether to trust me and allow my goodness and grace to enter into your life or whether to deny me and go do it in your own strength. And right. so he got off the bus and he turned left. He chose to, he chose to trust God and, and start moving down, down that road. And the rest of his life was defined as, as somebody who uh, helped others come to, come to faith in, in God. And so I think that's now back to our big picture. When you face those difficult and frustrating and hurtful situations in life, I think we're confronted with the same choice. I have to decide, will I interpret this person's behavior? Will I interpret the consequences of their behavior? Will I interpret the consequences of my own behavior as something that I have to now do in my own strength and wrestle with based on what I can see and what I can touch? Or will I choose the road of faith and accept that I can interpret this differently and maybe I can learn something from it? And I think that's like a God choice that, that he has worked into the reality of uh, a world where he's given us free will and yet he somehow has uh, a very powerful hand of love and grace guiding us in some mysterious way that we can't fully understand. And if we choose to trust that and believe that, then I think we find examples of that in personal experience throughout our lives. And it turns out from a 41-year-old perspective, it turns out that there really aren't good people who have bad things happening to them. And there really aren't bad people who have good things happening to them. There are people yeah. and good and bad things happen to all of us. That's good. And the people who follow God um, choose to believe that God can work all things together for the good of those who love him and call according to his purpose when it feels bad and choose to believe that all good and perfect things come from God in heaven above. <laughs> and we yeah. choose to not store up our heaven, our, our treasures on earth where rust and moth, moth uh, rust and moth destroy, but instead we, store up our treasures in heaven. You know, there, there are God people who take the experiences of life and choose to interpret them toward learning and toward growth and toward grace and toward mercy and towards compassion and toward these things. And then there are people who choose to not interpret it that right. way. And uh, somewhere along the way, I just decided, I, I think I'd rather be, I'd rather be the former. I'd rather be the kind of person who sees the mysterious hand of God working and, uh, when I made that decision around 19, it took me about four or five years to, to really, um, to really cement into that, really settle into that decision. Uh, but about within four or five years, it just happened. And I just understood. And now, and we won't, cause this needs to be a shorter video, but I could, I could tell you hundreds and hundreds of stories that I might've interpreted differently at 17 yeah. uh, of things that have happened to me since accepting God. Uh, that I now see ultimately as God's hand that right. I would have never been able to see as God's hand before I choose, chose to trust him. Right. And it, it, it all comes to that one decision, you know, it's either you, you want to believe or not. And uh, what would you say to someone that's just to finish this conversation? What would you say to someone that's right now in the middle of that, you know, when they have to make a decision, they feel like they have to make a decision right now or, they're debating if believing or not, and they just don't know what to do. What I would say is, please forgive us for, for giving you a poor example. Yeah. Because at least for me and for a lot of people I've talked to, the resistance to, to really exploring whether God is real and his love is t tangible and real is because you saw something in the church or right. somebody that you knew treated you poorly and they claim to be a Christian or 
the behavior of the Christian church through history doesn't seem to represent the kind of God that you want to, to believe in. And I say, please forgive us because I think we're all doing our best and that falls way short of mm-hmm. the representation of who God really is. And so don't hold us to that standard. Uh, really take the time through somebody that you love and trust, not the person that you don't love or trust (laughs) through somebody that you love and trust to sit down and wrestle through real questions. And I challenge you to really dig through the scriptures and not figure out what religion's all about, because that doesn't matter, but to try your best to see who Christ is and give him the opportunity to reveal that. I was having a conversation with a girl um, on a flight to Seattle one time, and uh, she was really struggling with religion in general. And I, I was able to relate to her, at the level of like me too, <laughs> I have a I have a real problem with church and real problem with Christians sometimes and a real problem with religion in general and and I said but what's crazy is if you go and read the Gospel of Matthew with that perspective, I think you'll see some examples that you can really appreciate where Jesus had the same problem. Right. He didn't like how people behaved in the church and he didn't like how religious people held people to standards that they could never uphold. And he ultimately was killed by the crowd that you're saying are frustrating to deal with. And it's like, yeah, but, but in all of that, don't just get your proof um, that religion therefore is bad and wrong. Remember that our faith is supposed to be in Jesus, not in in Jesus's people or in the church. And there are beautiful representations of Jesus in the church, but the church itself isn't necessarily always going to represent Jesus well. And so take the time. So my challenge would be take the time to sit down and try to know who God really is, who Jesus really is and who the spirit really is. And uh, if you conclude at the end of your search that he's not real, you know, I get it. There's a lot of evidence that would push you in the wrong direction. Um, And I struggle still sometimes with, with some of that evidence. But I don't believe that would be the case. I think what you would find is that Jesus would work real hard to reveal himself to right. you. And the kind of, un- uh, the kind of um, unconditional love and acceptance that we're all looking for is freely available uh, in the gracious hands of Christ. And right. if, you, if you took the time to really know him and uh, avoid the trappings and the failings of the people around you, I, I think you'd find him. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, just you got to realize the difference between a relationship with Jesus and a religion. Once you get that and you're able to tell the difference, then it'll be easier for you to actually build a, a good relationship with Christ because that's, that's what he wanted us to do. You know, he wants a relationship. He doesn't want us to become all religious and, and start up some new traditions that no one really asks you to do. And, you know, like things that, people say are going to help you, but they really don't <laughs> like everyone. I feel like everyone's relationship with Christ is different and you cannot expect yours to look the same as your parents or the same as your friends. Cause you'll never be like that. And he, he will always have a different way to talk to you, to teach you, to sp- speak to you. Uh, maybe sometimes he will speak to you really hard, but maybe for others who will be like super soft and like in a very passive way, and you just got to be able to tell when God is speaking to you, you know. <laughs> so I really hope this video actually helps. This episode helps a lot of people. 
And if you're struggling with it, just give it a chance, you know, give Christ a chance. Uh, do just how John said, do the research, do your best to actually try. Because if you don't try, then you weren't really interested, you know. But if you try it, then you, you'll see that maybe what you find out, it, it wasn't anything that you ever thought about, you know. So I encourage you that to do it, you know, try for yourself. And don't let others tell you what, what your relationship with God should be like because everyone's relationship with Christ is different. And just to finish, John, I know we as believers, we know that one day we're going to meet God face to face and we're going to be able to have these crazy conversations with him. And, and what would be one, just choose one question that you will ask him, you know, any question, what would, what would it be? I don't, I, I think the scripture promises um, that he's going to make the statement, well done, good and faithful servant. But that would be my question. You know, ultimately I would want to know if my father in heaven was proud of me and if right. I did it right, you know, if I did it well, nice. that's what I'd want to know. Yeah. And I think he's, I think he's good enough that I'll never have to ask that question. Right. Yeah. Well, on my side, it's more of like, so I was, I was watching recently a video about the mysteries of the Bermuda Triangle and how things disappeared and stuff like that. So, I, and no one's ever been able to go through and then out and find like, you know, give a testimony of what they saw or stuff. Cause usually they either get lost or they never come back and stuff like that. So I really, I will ask him like, what's up with that? You know, like, can you tell me, can you show me what's up with it? What, what's in there and stuff like that. And I feel like that would be really fun. Like if, if God's able to like, okay, here it is. And then he shows me all the, the mysteries in there. And then we're all going to be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I wish I knew yeah. that. <laughs> That's true. Hey, uh, one thing right before you sign off, um, I, I feel like if somebody has listened all the way to this point, right they they may still be struggling with okay but how do i do that and mm -hmm. just as a practical level of like the kind of searching that abiud and i are encouraging you to do think about how you feel when you walk into a movie or when you sit down to watch a movie you don't you you kind of go into this space in your mind where you just choose to believe that whatever is happening on the screen is real you know it's not fairies and dragons don't exist or these people are just actors. You ultimately right. critically know that it's not real, but the movie would be terrible if you sat there the whole time and thought, well, that's not real. That doesn't really happen. Mm -hmm. You know, and in, in fact, you can, you can watch horror movies and get through it without having nightmares because you're able to just step away and be like, well, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Right. But we wouldn't want to do that. That makes the movie boring and purposeless. So, mm -hmm. That's called that, that process is called the suspension of disbelief. That's what you do when you approach a movie. And my challenge is get yourself into a mindset when you're approaching religion or faith where you're willing to suspend your disbelief. So don't jump in and try to find out whether it's true or false. That's too much. It's too much to bite off. Instead, right. just act for a little bit as if it were. If this were true, what would the world be like? If God is really like that, what access might I have to him? 
and just add, put a big if in the process and give yourself some time with a suspension of disbelief to really explore and give and be curious a little bit and find out. And maybe you, you get to the end of the movie and you're like, yeah, it was a good movie, but that's not for <laughs> me. Maybe that's the case, but I think you'll miss the real storyline if you right. spend the entire it spend the entire movie judging it and talking about how hobbits aren't real and that's dumb right you know? and so yeah no you're right yeah keep going <laughs> no that's it that was it okay so i just wanted to say like for real for real uh we're not trying to tell you what to do we're not trying to tell you this is what it is we actually encourage you to find the answer by yourself you know because that's that's a key when when someone believes something like like very hard hardcore you know it's really into you then that means that you experience it yourself you're not just believing someone else's work so that is our i guess our advice in general like try it for yourself and give it a chance you know and just because we were talking about movies and this is my final comment i promise <laughs> there's this i don't know if you know john but there's this app called the chosen this one right here it's called the chosen and what it is is they develop this um, company or organization develop a whole app uh, with, uh, and their app is, is like a platform where they upload their their episodes and like their and it's like a TV show, you know. And what they're trying to do is to show uh, what the gospels, you know, in the Bible. There's like these four books there or three or four books that are the same. Like they talk about the same stories from different perspectives, and they're called the gospels. And they try to tell the story of the gospel, how it really was, and not just from a, a religious perspective. And I loved it, what I've seen because it, they're not trying to sell you who Jesus is. They're just trying to show you how it really happened or as close as, as possible. And so if you get the chance, the application, the app is, re, is free. And I'll encourage you if you want to use it as a source, you know, uh, okay, I read this, I read the Bible, I, I got some research, but I still want to get a bigger picture, you know, an actual image, then I feel like this application will actually help a lot. And they're not paying me for this, so I, it's not like they're not sponsoring this video, but it's been a blessing to me to see it from a from a more of a historical perspective than a religious perspective. And I know it'd also be a helpful to whoever is watching this. So any final words that you want to say before we, we end this? No way. I've said way too many words. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> so we'll just let everyone process what was just said. And if you have to just go through it again and pay attention to what we said, because we're both speaking from our own perspectives and that's the same thing that's going to happen to you when you look back and then you, you talk about what, what happened in your life, then you'll be speaking from your own perspective. And so, well, thank you for being here in one more episode of Needed Conversations. Thanks, thanks John, for being part of it again. We, I always enjoy having you here because, you know, you're a cool teacher, you're a cool friend, and not everyone gets the chance to have one what friend like you, you know? <laughs> so Love you, Abiud. Love you too. Say hi to everyone, to all the kids and Heather and everyone in the house. <laughs> I will. Okay. Bye, everyone. I really hope you guys enjoyed the video. I hope it blessed your life and it just gave you a new perspective on, on things that you're going through. If you have friends that are struggling with this, uh, 
share it. Uh, I don't do it for the views, but I know, but I know like videos like this need to be heard and seen uh, by people that ha are going through situations like this. And uh, I just encourage you to write a comment with your thoughts, what you what you feel uh, God spoke to you, or if you're still deciding in in you know in believing or not, then I encourage you to give it a try and just let God, you know, give God an opportunity to show you who he really is. And if after you do that, you feel like it's not for you, then it's your own choice. But for real, don't, don't go on with your life without even trying at least once. And I just remind you, please like this video like this episode don't forget to subscribe to follow and i'll see you next time